1 Corinthians chapter 2 and 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 while you find your place there. Uh, thank you again for being here this morning. I'm reminded as I, as I start the message here, you're in 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 2. Is everybody there? One guy was asked, he said, uh, he, he asked another man, he said, what is the best death that you could possibly die? He said, well, I'd like to die like my grandpa. He died in his sleep. Said, I think that's probably the best. And then he said, well, what's the worst death you think you could die? He said, well, he said, the worst death is probably like my two cousins that died in a tragic autom automobile accident. He said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. When did that happen? He said, it happened the same day they were riding with Grandpa when he fell asleep at the wheel. <laughs> I want to bring you a message this morning entitled, Unleashing the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, as we slow down just a minute, our mind is in a spin this morning with so many things going on in the life of our church, from physical things to septic to water problems to to all the many problems that we have, and then, Lord, to, to see how our church is going to grow in the future and the things that need done spiritually, Lord, I pray you that you just settle us right now. I need to be settled in order to preach this message. I pray that you'd just fill me with the Spirit of God this morning. It seems like my week has been filled full of physical things, and, Father, I pray this morning that we would set aside all the worldly things and just tune our hearts to the spirit of the living God. As we open your word, please teach us from your word. In Jesus' name, I pray. I want to bring you a message this morning entitled, Unleashing the Holy Spirit in Your Life. Some of y'all need a little energy this morning, so we're going to preach on how to unleash the Holy Spirit in your life. Listen, the Christian life is not just taking up a creed and living by it. The Christian life is not just aligning yourself with Jesus and the teaching on the mount, sermon on the mount, aligning yourself with the, with the scriptures, aligning yourself with the church, aligning yourself with a lifestyle. That's not the Christian life. The Christian life is not a religion. It is not a ritual. It is not a rite of passage. The Christian life is this. It's the mystery. It is a mystery. You know what it is? It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Bible says that Christ is in us. We get sealed with the spirit of the living God. Amen. He's not a dead God. He's not a dying God. He is a God who will live forever. And we should be sealed with the Holy Spirit of the living God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, if Christ is not in you, if you have just taken up a creed, Christ is not in you. If you have just adopted a religion, Christ is not in you. If you just think this is a rite of passage to go to church and do some things, uh, it is not. It is Christ in you. And he says, if Christ is not in you, then you are reprobate. And that word reprobate, reprobate means cast away. Those of us who are saved have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Jesus went away and he promised us the Holy Spirit. If you've been sealed, then you have some exceeding great and precious promises. Praise God. Amen. And so we want to find out this morning, who is the Holy Spirit? 
What does the Holy Spirit do and how can I understand this new entity that lives inside of me? When I got saved, Jesus Christ, listen to me carefully, Jesus Christ took up abode in my heart, in my soul, and in my life. There is another entity living inside of me. Praise God. That scares some people to death. And it scares them so bad that they want to keep that crept in. They want to jail it and imprison it and bind it. Oh, listen, God wants to unleash the power of the Spirit of God in our life. Somebody say amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Thank you. Trying to live the Christian life. Oh, I wish I could pour this in your head. Trying to live the Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit is like driving your car with the brakes on. I remember as a kid, I was, lived in Castlewood, and we had an, an older man, elderly man, I guess I should say, and he was so afraid of driving. He had been raised in a time when there were horses, and in his older age, he had learned to drive an automobile. He was so afraid of driving that he got over the wheel, he gripped the wheel really hard, and he drove everywhere with his brakes on. You could see his brake lights. He had the power. He had the ability but yet he drove everywhere with his brakes on. Hey, let me tell you something. I think that's where most Christians are. We're scared to death. There is a power that lives within us that allows us to be capable of doing anything that God wants us to do. And yet we are scared to death of the power that lives within us and we're holding the brakes. Listen, God does not want you to hold the brakes of the Christian life. He wants you to unleash the power of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. Amen. Thank you. Y'all can get in this with me. Amen. There is nothing more miserable than going through the motions of the Christian life without experiencing the power of God. Let me say that again. Just going through the motions of the Christian life is going to church and doing this and doing that and fitting into the society of the church and fitting into the way you ought to dress and the way you ought to act and the way, without having the power of the Holy Spirit, that's miserable. I don't know about you, but I want to enjoy the power of the Spirit of God. Oh, don't be afraid of it. When you have the Holy Spirit of God, the power of God dwells inside of you. Do you realize that the power that is inside of you is the same power that created the moon and the planets and the solar system and the sun, the same power that exists in you, flung the stars into space and created all the intricate details of the world. That's the power that lives in you. Wow. And yet the truth is, we've got the brakes on. We're afraid to unleash it. Reed, I was working with Reed this week, and his mama took an Amtrak ride to Boston. And if I'm correct, you said for 25 bucks. Baltimore. Roanoke to Baltimore, 25 bucks. a pretty good deal. This is not an Amtrak advertisement. (laughs) What I want us to understand is the ticket that she bought, there's enough power in that ticket 
to take that Amtrak train around the world three times. You say, preacher, how could that be? Well, consider what's in the ticket. You had to have loggers who harvested the wood. They had to take it to the mill. The guys at the mill had to saw it up. The mill had to move that, that pulp wood to the paper plant. The paper plant had to put all that energy into that one little ticket. All of that energy put in that one ticket could take that Amtrak train around the world three times. You know what the Holy Spirit is? You got the ticket. If you're saved, you have the ticket. The power exists. Here's the thing. Are we appropriating that power in our life? What has got you? What has got the breaks on in your life? Is it sin? The Holy Spirit will give you the power to break sin. Is it habits? The Holy Spirit will give you the power to break habits. Hey, what's got his social things and financial things? Listen to me carefully. The power of the universe dwells inside of you because Christ is in you if you're saved. Amen. Oh, listen. Don't just allow him to reside. Allow him to preside. He's, if the, the, the reason that we don't have power is he's abiding and not presiding. Oh, we want the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I want to be saved. I want the Holy Spirit. I don't want to go to hell. I mean, I, I do want the Holy Spirit. I want him to abide. But hey, the reason we're not accomplishing is he doesn't preside in our life. Oh, listen, your life can go from mundane and monotonous to marvelous if you'll just let the Holy Spirit of God turn him loose in your life. We've got, I'm preaching the message, unleashing the power of the Holy Spirit. Hey, turn, I mean, it's like my dog. I, was, I walk my dog, and you've got to have him on a leash because uh, he's got to be constrained. And I didn't think my little dog needed to be constrained, but I was hiking one day, and I met another hiker, and he had on one of these boonie hats, and my dog didn't like that hat, and he lunged at that guy. And I'm glad I had him restrained, or he would have bitten the other hiker. But, you know, listen to me carefully. God doesn't want our, the Spirit living inside of us on a leash. He wants the Spirit of God loose and free in our life to witness, to live for Him, to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. You say, but if I surrender to the Lord, I'll have to do things that I, I don't want to do. Oh, my goodness. How often we listen to the lie of the devil. Somebody say amen. Amen. The Bible says in Psalm 37, 4, Delight thyself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. I sent that text to a young man recently. I said, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And it wasn't long to where he said, preacher, you're exactly right. I turned this thing over to the Lord and it's amazing what he's done in my life. I said, praise God. Oh, preacher, if I surrender to the Lord, he'll place me somewhere that I don't want to go. The Spirit of God will never put you where the power of God cannot keep you. Thank God. Listen, Chill Howie's 100 miles from my house, it seems like. But I'm going to tell you something. I love it here. I'm glad God sent me here. Amen. I even went to the Chill Howie football game Friday night. Amen. Of course, it was in Lebanon. I didn't have to drive. Now, let me give you some advice. If you ever go to one of them games, don't sit in front of the crewies. 
Oh, oh. That's the decibel section. I told him, I said, I know why y'all don't shout in church on Sunday morning. You're hoarse from Friday night. Amen. <laughs> oh, listen, don't worry about where God's going to send you. Don't worry about where God's going to put you. Don't worry about what God's going to do with you. Unleash the power of the Holy Spirit. You know how you're going to have to do it? Just let him. The reason he's not is you're not letting him. You see, you have a will, and God is not going to override your will. He's not. Even though the, all that power exists in there for you to accomplish great things for God, He's not going to override your will. You have to surrender. Amen. I can tell you on the authority of the Word of God that you received a spiritual gift. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 7. Let's read 1 Corinthians 12, verse number 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given the Spirit of the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, another discerning of spirits, another diverse kinds of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. But all these work that one and the self same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will, for as the body is one and hath many members, all the members of that one body being many are one body so also is Christ you know what happens to Baptists when we read that we just read all those verses that listed all those manifestations of the spirit and we see tongues and healing and we go oh that's for the charismatics y'all got real quiet let me tell you something there's more than just tongues and healing here Let's kind of review this. These are, these are barrier breakers. We read that. And, listen, don't be afraid of the Word of God. Amen. Don't retreat and be scared of the Word of God. The Bible talks about here wisdom, knowledge, faith, miracles, prophecy, discernment. Amen. If you look around in this church, you'll see some miracles. You'll see some people who were anointed with oil and were cured from cancer. You'll see some people who've had their tumors to stop growing and didn't need surgery. Amen. Amen. Hey. Don't overlook the power of the living God. We've seen people de delivered from drugs and alcohol right on this very altar. Praise God. That's a miracle. world can't do it, but Jesus can. Hey, don't be afraid. Listen, these gifts of the Spirit are barrier breakers. The world is full of foolishness, but the Spirit of wisdom breaks that barrier. The world is full of ignorance of God, but the Spirit of knowledge breaks that barrier. We read here of a barrier breaker uh, uh, that breaks the, la the barrier of tongues and languages. That happened in Acts chapter 2. I'm not afraid of that. Amen. Amen. I'm not afraid of what the Spirit of God can do in my life. Faith can break the spiritual barrier. Miracles can break the logic barrier. The gifts are given, the Bible says, to every man, every man, every man, 
severally, that is individually. If you are saved, you individually have been given spiritual gifts. Are you using them? (laughs) Now, the spiritual gifts have to be appropriated. I remember years ago, Lisa gave me a uh, steel chainsaw for Christmas. Boy, that thing was pretty. Maybe it's chainsaw ain't pretty to you, but it is me. And I had that old one, you know, and it was tore all to pieces and didn't run good and broke. And I took that new one and I put it on a shelf because I didn't want to see any oil on it. I didn't want it to get dirty. And I was kind of proud of that new steel chainsaw, you know. And then all of a sudden the old one completely broke and I had to use the new one. And when I appropriated what I had put on the shelf, man, that thing had power, it was sharp, it cut. I'm like, what have I been doing? I've had this brand new piece of equipment that could just be so productive and yet I've had it on a shelf. That is exactly where we are with the power of the Spirit of God. We we are not appropriating the power. You know what we've done with the Holy Spirit? We've put it up on a shelf. And I know a lot of Christians who live like that. They think they're just supposed to be stoic. I'm saved, so I'm going to act like this, and I'm going to talk like this, and I'm going to... Hey, God gave us the Spirit to put it to work. He said every man has been given the Spirit, right? So everybody's been given it who's saved. He's been, everybody individually, severally has been given a a, a gift, individually. And then he says this, to profit with all. Didn't it say we'd profit? Let me remind us something. You can't have profit without production. Try to start a business and see if you can have profit without production. Oh boy, where are we at spiritually? You know why we're not profitable? We're not producing. The spirit's there. The power's there. The ability's there. The availability should be there so we could profit with all. God wants to release the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to profit with all. The Bible says, they that sow to the spirit shall reap life everlasting. You know what sowing is? It's production. Profit in production. The Bible says we're strengthened by the Spirit on the inner inner man. That's Ephesians chapter number 3. God wants to put the Spirit of the power of the Spirit to work in our life. Romans 15, power is the Greek word dunamos, dynamite. He he wants us to be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians chapter number 4, he wants us to be renewed in the Spirit. Ephesians chapter number 6, he wants to give us a supply of the Spirit. Philippians chapter number 1. The Bible says, and I've got to close the message soon, the Bible says that we're to walk in the Spirit and we won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Now, turn with me. I'm going to show you something from the Word of God. I'm going to slow down just a little bit. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. I want to show there's three types of people here this morning, three types, and I'm going to show you all three types in just a few verses. 
Three types of people in just a few verses. Chapter 2, 1 Corinthians, just turn right back, number, verse number 14 of chapter number 2. The natural, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. The natural man is not saved. Category number one, the natural man is not saved. He doesn't know God. He doesn't know the things of the Spirit. He doesn't believe. He wonders why in the world you go to church. Amen. Why do you go to church? I mean, you go down there and listen to that guy preach and they sing them songs. But what's to that? He doesn't understand there's something inside of you. The power of the Spirit is drawing you to the house of God because that's where you're fed. That's where you're encouraged. That's where there's, there's something inside of you that speaks. If there's not, then you're a natural man and you're headed for hell. Amen. The natural man is unsaved. He has no spiritual desire. He doesn't enjoy preaching. He doesn't enjoy singing. He doesn't understand why you do. He does not enjoy the church. He don't understand the Bible. He's the natural unsaved man. The second type of man, look down in chapter 3 in verse number 1. Second type of man is a carnal man. Chapter 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, as unto babes in Christ. The word carnal, the second type of man, is a carnal man. The carnal man is a saved person, but they've just not grown up. I have met some older people in my life who've been saved for years and they're baby Christians. Amen, preacher. They're carnal. They're babes. And, and you know what you have to do? You have to feed them little bitty lessons. Amen. Just like you do a baby. What do babies do? What do ba babies crawl around and eat things they shouldn't? Amen. Boy, my kids ate some things that, oh, I'm like, how are they even alive after eating that? <laughs> I mean, that's the carnal Christian. The carnal Christian takes in and does some things they shouldn't do. Why? They're carnal. They're babies. They're not grown up in Christ. Oh, they need more attention. You have to change their diaper. Amen. You have to feed them a little bit over, uh, uh, you have to sort of chew it up for them. They, you know what? They, they just can't take strong meat. That's why so many people, they cycle through this church and they've been, they're baby Christians. They've been in a baby church for 15 years and they come here and I'm preaching the word of God and they go, whoo, I don't want that guy. He's too radical. Yeah, I'm feeding some meat, buddy. If you can't chew it, hit the road. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Oh, they're baby Christians. They need childlike attention. If you'll go on and read that, they cause divisions in the church. Amen. Ooh. Babies are, are, are like that, you know. And then, but then I want you to see, got to hurry, the spiritual man. Go back to chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 15. But he that is spiritual, I like a spiritual man. Amen. I like a man of stop. Boy, I got to preach right there. I like a man who's, who's been in the house of God. He's been faithful. 
He's, he's got some tenacity to be there no matter what. He's in the house of God. He's in the Bible. He's eating the Word of God. He's, he's, he's letting Jesus Christ conform him to the image of Christ. That man is a spiritual man. I like dealing with that spiritual man. Amen. Yes, sir. The spiritual man. Let's keep reading. Verse number 15. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. The mark of a spiritual man is that he is saved, he's studied, he's steadfast, he's secure, he discerns all things, he perceives all things, he is able to rightly divide the word of God. Those are the, the Bible says to be a lover of good men, and those are the kind of men that we ought to be, the type of people we ought to be and the type of people that we ought to love. Amen. The spiritual man. To become a spiritual man is to become spirit-filled. All right. How do I get spirit-filled? <laughs> you allow it to happen, just like I said before. The Bible says, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, we done preached through that a while back, but I want to hit some points that I didn't hit. To be filled with the Spirit, how does a wino get filled with wine? Real simple. He drinks it. He just drinks it. And he's filled with wine. You know all you got to do is open up your heart and soul to Jesus Christ and he'll fill you. Amen. He will. If you'll just let him, if you'll be sincere, he will fill you. He'll save you. He'll secure you. He'll make you steadfast. He'll set your feet on a rock. Praise God for what Jesus will do. But how does a man stay drunk? He keeps drinking. Pretty simple, isn't it? How do I continually walk in the Spirit as I continually allow the Spirit to fill me? The Bible says a spiritual man is saved, studied, steadfast. He discerns all things, perceives all things, rightly divides the word of God. And then it says he is judged by no man. That means that they don't understand what makes him tick. What makes that guy so happy? He must be hitting the bottle on the side. What gives him such joy? What gives him such strength? What gives him this hope and this enthusiasm for life? I'll tell you what it is. It's the power of the Spirit of God. Amen. And if you're living life like he's you don't have it. Amen. You don't have it. Praise God. Boy, y'all needed this message. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> to become a spiritual man is to become spiritually filled. The wino is under the control of another substance, and the spiritual man is under the control of another spirit. Amen. Two men were drinking in this high-rise apartment, and one of them jumps out the window and kills himself. And the police interviewed the other guy and said, well, what was he doing? What was he thinking? He said, well, he was drinking, and he thought he could fly. And the guy, the policeman said, well, why didn't you stop him? He said, I was drinking out of the same bottle. I thought he could fly too. <laughs> the Lord is using here by comparison the Spirit of God and also by contrast the Spirit. Amen. Amen. To be drunken is to be intoxicated 
Break that word down. You know what the middle phrase or the middle syllable of the word intoxicated is? Toxic. Intoxicated. You're taking something toxic into your body. Amen, preacher. And you become intoxicated. <laughs> Amen. But listen, if you're walking in the Spirit, ain't no toxins there. Everything's terrific. Praise God. I mean, listen, you can enjoy a life. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of drinking in the Spirit of God is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. There's nothing toxic about none of those ninefold fruits of the Spirit. Amen. In Acts chapter 2, I think of Peter you know, in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit was poured out. And, and, and everybody around them said, these guys are drunk. And Peter didn't, Peter didn't say they're not acting like drunks. He just said they're not drunk as you suppose. You, you think these guys are drunk on wine, but they're full of the Spirit of God. You've misunderstood something here. Yeah, they're acting kind of strange. They're acting like they're intoxicated, but they are not. They are full of the Spirit of God. The Bible says to be here to be filled with the Spirit. It is not a suggestion. It is not an encouragement. It is not an exhortation. To be filled with the Spirit is a commandment. Amen. A Spirit-filled Christian, the Bible says, if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Let me tell you something. If you ever allow the Holy Spirit to fill you, it'll come out. If you ever get full of the Spirit, it'll come out. If you ever get full of the Bible, it'll come out. If you ever get full of walking with the Lord Jesus Christ, it'll come out. It'll manifest itself in your life. Amen. You won't have to make it. You won't have to, to, to support it. It'll just come out. Praise God. God, help us to be filled with the Spirit of God. And then lastly, this word to be filled with the Spirit is passive in its context. Now, what does that mean? To be passive in its context means no action is required. It's not active in its context. It's passive. No action is required. You see, when you got saved, no action was required. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of works. God didn't say do this, 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 and it's according to your activity that you'll get into heaven. God says, no, it's by faith. If you'll trust me, if you'll believe on me, if you'll come to Christ, I'll do the action. The action was done on the cross of Calvary. So listen, so I got saved. I didn't have to do one thing. I didn't have to do one. I got a ticket to heaven, a powerful ticket to heaven. Then all I had to do was bow down and ask the Lord to forgive me and save me. That's it. No action required. Hey, you know how I get filled with the Spirit? No action required. Bow down and say, Lord, I want, I desire. To be full of the Spirit of God. Amen. The power is available. Amen. I want you this morning to ask the Lord to have his way. Listen. 
I'm going to address you as a church personally for just a few minutes. Every head bowed. I just want to speak to your heart. I don't want to preach to your eyes. I don't want to preach to your mind. I want to speak to your heart. I'm addressing Grosses Creek Baptist Church this morning. What I'm about to say, I mean it with all my heart. God is about to bust open on Grosses Creek. Listen to me carefully. God is about to move in this church. I believe he'll move before the end of this year. We need workers. We need volunteers. We need people who will say, Preacher, I've been on the shelf. I've been holding on the brakes. I've, been, I've not been unleashing the power. I've not been appropriating the power of God in my life. I'm, I've, not, I've been holding back. Here's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to slip out of your seat and get on this altar. Many of you need to do it. The Holy Spirit's speaking to you. And he's telling you, you, there's something he wants you to do. Something coming up in this church that a position, you don't know what it is, well just let him reveal it to you. Come on, slip out of your seat. Won't you dedicate yourself? Why don't you come on and say, Lord, here I am, send me. It's what Isaiah did. Lord, here I am, fill me. Amen, God bless you, come on. Anybody else? Lord, I'm available. God bless you, bless you. Amen, praise God. Listen, I didn't speak to you, God did. And if God spoke to you, amen, come on. People coming all over the building. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Appropriate the power of God in your life. We need people who will serve. We need people who will give. We need people who will work. We need people who will just be there. We need people who will be faithful. Amen. Won't you unleash the power of the Spirit of God? It's there. Come on. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Tell the Lord you'll do whatever he wants you to do. Amen. Being filled, the Bible doesn't say to get filled. It says be filled with the Spirit. To get filled is to go in search of the filling. But to be filled is simply hold up an empty glass and say, Lord, here I am, fill it. What about you? Would you like to be filled? I would. Would you like to experience the power of the... I would. I don't care what it takes. I want to experience that. Amen. Brother Brian, would you come up here and dismiss us as we pray. And pray for all these on the altar. Pray that God would use our church. He's going to use it. I'm telling you, get on board. God's about to use our church in a mighty way.